This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, May 29, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. How has the Bernanke Fed handled this subprime crisis and the credit crunch? And what blame can be laid at the feet of the Greenspan Fed? We get some perspective from Anna J. Schwartz. She, along with Milton Friedman, literally wrote the book on American monetary history. She is a research associate at the National Bureau of Economic Research. We spoke yesterday. Can you uh, clarify the difference here between this Bear Stearns uh, bailout and uh, the banking panic of 1907 and uh, attempted uh, rescue of the uh, Bank of United States? Well, um, the 1907 uh, panic involved commercial banks that um, were um, regarded with suspicion by people in the market. And the suspicion uh, regarded their portfolios, their balance sheets, as um, uh, questionable. And in that respect, It's very like the situation in this um, credit crisis in 2007 and 8, because um, so many firms have invested in questionable assets, and the market doesn't know whether these assets are correctly valued on the balance sheets of these firms. So that's one of the basic reasons that uh, it's difficult to obtain a loan because lenders aren't sure that whoever would borrow from them would be in a position to um, um, pay back the loan. They don't know that the balance sheet of a firm is accurate. So as I say, in many respects, that's the basic problem in this credit crisis, and it's similar to what was true in 
really sound and which weren't. The only way to determine the answer was to send a um, group of uh, examiners to inspect the uh, portfolios of these firms and to record the values that they would have assigned to the assets in the portfolios and determine which um, firms had adequate capital and were really sound, and then which ones were not sound and should therefore not be helped and should be um, shut down if they couldn't uh, obtain capital adequate to the uh, investments that they owned. So, well, just just to clarify then, you're suggesting a strict application of Badgett's rule to separate the illiquid from the insolvent? Absolutely. Well, do you, th- do you think that this Fed has sort of turned the rule on its head because the – or perhaps is uh, going to extend this uh, uh, credit crisis by uh, – removing this questionable capital from the uh, disciplines of market pricing? Well, they've embarked on a policy of providing enormous liquidity to the market. When I think uh, the problem was not uh, absence of liquidity, the problem was absence of credible balance sheets for firms that were in the market to borrow. So you didn't need to provide liquidity. You had to provide information about the balance sheets of firms that were um, seeking uh, credit. And um, you don't just Um, expand liquidity without any limits, without any criteria. And that's pretty much the way the Fed has operated. Um, There's lots of liquidity, but it's hard to get a loan. And the reason it's hard to get a loan is not that the liquidity isn't available, The reason it's hard to get a loan is that lenders aren't confident that firms that will seek to obtain loans from them are really sound and will be in a position to repay the loan when it is due. How much blame can be laid at the Greenspan Fed's feet? Accommodative... um, policy of the Fed goes back to um, the tenure of uh, Alan Greenspan. It was clear that the Fed was providing too much accommodation. Anybody could get a loan for whatever purpose he wanted, for a good investment, for a poor investment. You could borrow easily at low cost. 
that kind of environment encourages bad investment decisions and encourages the kinds of um, asset booms that characterized the Greenspan um, uh, chairmanship. So do you think that the Bernanke Fed is actually repeating that mistake by holding, uh, pushing these rates uh, so low? Well, the difference is that the market has been pretty much frozen uh, under this um, present leadership. And the frozenness isn't relieved, as I have already indicated, by providing all kinds of... Um, liquidity uh, facilities that didn't exist previously. That's not why the market is frozen, as I've indicated. The market is frozen because lenders have no confidence that the balance sheets of firms that want to borrow are actually credible. And the only way to establish credibility is to have a detailed examination of what these firms have invested in, what prices they value these uh, investments at, and to determine whether the um, liabilities are matched by um, assets with um, uh, prices that the market will regard as credible. So many of the investments have no market. There is no way of establishing a market value, but you have to have experienced examiners who can judge which assets are likely to be solid and which ones are really junk, so that a lot of these assets have no value, and that's what the other aspect of the Fed's um, policy of um, providing liquidity uh, uh, embraces. They will take over the um, dubious assets in the portfolios of firms and um, exchange those dubious assets for uh, short-term treasury um, bills that, um, in effect, makes the, uh, the firm um, sound. But, of course, at the cost of loading the Federal Reserve um, balance sheet with um, questionable um, assets that um, taxpayers will be um, uh, bearing the cost of. So this is a pretty much the um, outlines of what the Fed has been up to. But as I've already said, the basic problem is make sure that there is credible 
information about the value of assets in the portfolios that uh, will make it possible for lenders to be willing to uh, extend loans to firms that really are sound. If they aren't sound, there's no reason for the Fed to be extending um, liquidity. Anna J. Schwartz is a research associate at the National Bureau of Economic Research. She co-authored a Monetary History of the United States, 1867 through 1960, with Milton Friedman. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. You can read a great deal more on monetary policy and history at our website, cato.org.